Happy Friday, everyone, and thank you for joining us on Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Coppernall-Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Alicia Priest, president of the OEA. Fried Okra is a weekly podcast where we get together to talk about public education issues in Oklahoma and the Sooners today. (laughs) We hope you join us every Friday. Well, we are joined today by the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. Toby, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on today. Yes, we um, we want to visit with you about your new children's book, but uh, we want to talk to you about some uh, Boomer Sooner stuff first. But, you know, talk, okay. it, this week uh, is a great week to have you on because we just had an epic win uh, over the Cowboys. Oh, my word. So... Um, <laughs> Alicia's a, a for those who for our listeners who might not know Alicia is an OU fan um all capitals underlined exclamation point sooner fan <laughs> probably a couple of exclamation yeah. points um, and our vice president is a big cowboy homer so um we have we have some <laughs> epic um uh battles yes. of you know who has to do what after uh OU always sure. you know <laughs> always pulls it out for me so. um and I'm from, I'm in Arkansas. I'm from Arkansas. I'm an Arkansas fan. So I'm just over to the side, mostly crying. So anyway, well, um, Toby, give it, you grew up in Oklahoma. Um, tell us a little bit about um, your childhood, where you went to school, um, and how you sort of came into this career. Well, yeah, sure. As I always say, if we all cheered for the same team, the world would be a very boring place to live. <laughs> so it's Fact. it's a lot more fun when we get to uh, have rivalries in the office or church or school or wherever it may be. I uh, I grew up in uh, you know Oklahoma City. I was born at Crown Heights and went to a kindergarten at Horace Mann oh, Elementary yeah. School. Awesome, right? Right. Right over there in uh, in the Crown Heights area, but my my dad is a pastor, a Nazarene minister, and we took a church out in Mustang when uh, between my kindergarten and first grade year. So we moved out to Mustang, and I always claim that as my hometown. Yeah. We moved out a little, but moved around a little bit, but I claim Mustang as my hometown because I went to all of elementary and junior high there, and really. Uh, got to know sports there, got to fall in love with OU there, started playing sports while I was in Mustang, and still have many, many great friends out in the uh, Mustang area. We then took a, a church in uh, Indiana before high school, and so I actually went to high school in uh, Indiana before coming back here to go to Southern Nazarene University in Bethany uh, for, for college. So that's a moving around a little bit, but I'm an Oklahoma kid. I'm, uh, I'm 47 years old, and I've lived here all but four years of my life. And um, uh, I claim Mustang as my hometown. We don't live too far from there now. We live out in the Piedmont area now. So when you think about uh, you know being a Mustang kid, is is there a coach that you that stands out to you? Somebody that um, had an impact on your life when you think about um, being a student athlete. Yeah, there was there was two. Uh, Nyla Foreman was my basketball coach when I first played basketball. Nyla's a female and was amazing, a, an amazing coach who taught me the fundamentals of basketball, and I had a great friendship with for many many years. In fact, her son Robert is now the athletic director at uh, Mustang Public Schools. Oh, that's awesome. And Robert and I, 
yeah, Robert and I were friends growing up. And so Nyla had a big impact on my life at an early age. And the other would be Coach Thornton. Coach Thornton was my basketball coach in sixth and seventh grade at Mustang Middle School. Mm-hmm. A kind of the 180 degree opposite of a Bobby Knight. He was the <laughs> kindest, gentlest, nicest man. And again, uh, taught me the fundamentals of the sport and, and helped me fall in love with basketball, which was my favorite sport and the one I was best at growing up. So I will be eternally grateful to uh, Nyla Foreman and Coach Thornton for those early days when I first started playing sports. And my dad was my coach, too. My dad was a soccer coach, and we had some uh, state championship soccer teams out in Mustang when I was growing up. Still very good friends with them. A lot of those kids, but that was back in the elementary days. So I always give my dad a, a hard time. He's a he's a minister, and he actually got a red card in a game one time for arguing the call, and uh, got kicked out of our game. So I re- I remind him of that every once in a while. Ministers get passionate about things, right? Yeah, man, exactly right. Can I, yeah. can I say that when you hearing you talk about that, my my husband and I coached um, our daughter's soccer team for quite a few years. And my job as the assistant coach was just to decide who's crying the least and they get have to go in. <laughs> that was my role. Um, so how did, okay. So, Very important role. So how does a basketball kid become the voice of the Sooners? Well, I loved all sports. I'm just not tough enough to play football, you know, <laughs> and my, my, um, I, I grew up, I tell people I was a sports dork and I mean it. I mean, I was hooked line and sinker i collected baseball cards growing up by the thousands i would play football in the backyard while ou was playing a game on saturday i would act out the plays that john brooks was calling on uh, the sooner radio network i would act like i was billy sims high stepping into the end zone <laughs> that's awesome. i would my brother and i would play entire 64 team ncaa basketball tournaments on our dr j goal in the downstairs basement, we would play every game and keep score. I would play baseball by myself in the backyard. I'd pitch it myself. I'd hit it. I'd field it. I'd tag myself out. I'd keep score. I was a Cincinnati Reds fan, and somehow the Cincinnati Reds would win the World Series every summer in my backyard. So I loved it. I loved all aspects of it. And when I was at Southern Nazarene in college, I was an accounting major for my first two years. And uh, it's kind of one of those things I fell into. I was good at math. And so when they're asking you, you know, when you first go into college, what's your major? And I didn't know what to say. So I picked accounting. And before you know it, you're two years in. And it dawned on me one day my sophomore year. I I mean, I'm committing to this for the rest of my life. And I don't know if I want to do debit credits for the rest of my life. You you picked a different kind of stats. It's a different kind of stats. Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah. My my dad said, well, what would be the greatest job you could possibly imagine? And I said, well, if I could if I could figure out a way to be one of those sports broadcasters that get paid to go to ball games, that's about the, the best that I can possibly imagine. And to his credit, uh, instead of telling me, you know, that's crazy, it's uh, unlikely that's going to happen, he encouraged me to do it. That's and awesome. I, I began a pursuit of a broadcast journalism degree that day and and it was the best decision I ever made. Well, 
other than marrying my wife. Yeah, there you the go. Right, good. I'm yeah. good at ending there. We'll make sure that she listens to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so what's this season looking like for the Sooners? Well, uh, right, you know, we're on a good trajectory. You know, it started slow with a couple of uh, losses early. Painful. That put us behind <laughs> the eight ball. Yeah, those were painful. But they've been playing better and better ever since. The, the win over Oklahoma State was a, a good one, and I think they're on track now for, you know, possibly making another Big 12 championship game if they can win these final two. It's not going to be easy in West Virginia. West Virginia's got a good squad, and they play tough, especially there in Morgantown. But Oklahoma's playing good ball. They're, they're playing about as well as anybody in the country right now, so – I'm not sure they're going to be able to get to that college football playoff this year without some crazy a things miracle. happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. But Hey, it's 2020. So crazy things happen in 2020. That's an excellent and, point. And we'll keep our fingers crossed. And short of that, hopefully they can find a way to win another big 12 title. So speaking of this year, um, it's my understanding, even as an, as an Oklahoma outsider, Oklahoma newbie, that, um, there was a female driver of the Sooner Schooner for the first time this last this during season. Bedlam. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty awesome. That is neat. Yeah, and that uh, kind of ties into my book. So I've been extra interested in the Schooner this year and the horses and everything. And we had for the first time this past Saturday. It's hard for me to believe it's the first time. Yeah, I didn't. You know, until somebody brought me a note, I would have thought it happened. You know, dozens of times. Yeah, me too. That was surprising. First time I've ever had a female, yeah, female driver of the uh, Sooner Schooner, and uh, she did an excellent job. By all accounts, she did an excellent job. So hopefully, uh, we'll look forward to much more of that in the future. So one of your phrases, uh, as you're broadcasting, is "unhitch the wagon, put the ponies in the barn," and that is. close to the title of your book that you mentioned, Unhitch the Wagon, the Story of Boomer and Sooner. Tell us about how you got involved, you know, how you decided to write a book. Well, um, let me explain the phrase first. I, um, I, like I said, I'm a Cincinnati Reds fan and my broadcaster for the Reds, his name is Marty Brenneman for 40 years. And every time the Reds, secured victory for a baseball game, got the final out, he would say, and this one belongs to the Reds. And I remember as a kid how excited I was to stick around, even as an adult, to stick around to the end of a game and hear Marty say, and this one belongs to the Reds. And when I got the OU job, I thought it would be really cool if I could think of something like that, that when you announced it, it meant OU won today. Yeah. But I couldn't think of exactly what it should be. And and you hate to force things like that because usually they end up coming out corny. But in my uh, first year with OU, uh, OU was playing a football game and they were playing one of those non-conference teams and beating them soundly. And it was, you know, every time OU scores a touchdown, they run the schooner out, the horses run out of the tunnel and circle the field and run back. It was the third quarter or so, and the Sooners scored again to make it, I don't know, 63-7 to seven or whatever the score was. And I said, it's probably time to unhitch the wagon and put the ponies <laughs> in the barn. And it was just uh, natural. It seemed like a fun thing to say, and it got picked up on a highlight 
and got played around a few times. And I thought, huh, maybe maybe that's it. That's cool. So the next time uh, OU uh, secured victory in a game, I said it again, and it's kind of caught on. And and now we say it anytime we uh, feel like OU has has won, and it's become cool. So that that's uh, one of the phrases I've become known for, and decided to use that as the title for the book. I'm a, a fan of children's books. I've got three kids of my own mm-hmm. and 14 nieces and nephews. Oh so there are a lot of littles in my <laughs> yeah. life. And we have done a more than our fair share of reading Dr. Seuss books, Hop on Pop, uh, Red Light, <laughs> Green Light, all of those as the years have gone along. We've got a nice collection. And as, as someone who likes to write, loves to write, I've always thought in the back of my head it would be fun if you ever had the proper platform to maybe write a children's book someday. Well, OU has presented that platform, and uh, uh, Tony Caridi, who is the my counterpart at West Virginia, play-by-play voice in the West Virginia Mountaineers, wrote a children's book about five years ago, and I got to talking to him about the process. And he was able to walk me through, you know, how you could bring it to life and make it a reality. And that really spurred me on. Um, I was on an airplane coming home from the NCAA basketball tournament. It was about three o'clock in the morning a couple of years ago, and I don't sleep well on airplanes. And uh, I I got inspired to write a little bit and see where it went. And I tend to write better when I'm a little bit tired. (laughs) Before that plane landed, I had uh, scribbled out a poem that had that ended up being, uh, you know, most of the book, That's and awesome. uh, nice. the process started from there. So it has been a very enjoyable process, something like I've never been through before, and I am just flattered as can be that Sooner Nation has responded like they have, and uh, it's it's one of the most exciting things I've been a part of. Can, and can I tell you that um, we tried to check it out of the library, and we had to be on a waiting list. Here in Oklahoma City. Yeah. So I was like, oh, man. You need to get the library some more copies. I, yeah. Time. I was like, maybe this is, I mean, maybe in football season's not the right time. <laughs> Everybody's lined up to, to read it. Yeah. We had to be put on a wait list. Um, what, what's it like for you um, as, a, as a parent, as an uncle, to be able to share that with your family? And I mean, I know you mentioned Sooner Nation, but also, you know, in the personal to be able to share something like that. It's cool. It's so cool. You know, I mean, listen, it's going to take you about six or seven minutes to plow through this thing. This is not (laughs) war and peace. It's not going to go down as as one of the great pieces of literature of all time. But it is fun, you know, and and to see kids enjoy it. I've had the opportunity to uh, virtually and in person read to children and, and little OU fans and uh, parents and grandparents have sent me pictures and videos of them reading the book to their kids and, oh, and how awesome. they want it every night before they go to bed or yeah. their new ritual before an OU football game. And that, I mean, that's, I did not expect that, you know, I thought hopefully yeah. somebody else, maybe my mom will buy a couple of copies <laughs> and, and we'll see. But for them to react like this, it's just, I've never had a feeling like that before. So it's, it's the greatest, and it's got a message to it that I think, you know, hopefully resonates with some people out there about yeah. daring to dream big dreams, which is what I did in my, my career path and what these ponies have to do to 
get to Owen Field. So it's just, you know, I don't know what to say other than it's one of the most fulfilling things I've ever been a part of. Well, that is amazing. Well, if you want to read it, you got to buy it or get on the list at the library, folks. <laughs> so where can people find your book? Is it in most of the bookstores? Is it Amazon? Where where do you have a website? All of the above. Yes, you can uh, you can go to Amazon, you can go to Barnes and Noble online, you can go to unhitchthewagon.com online as well. They have signed copies there. Oh, cool. And then we are in um, about 30, 35 bookstores, children's stores, boutiques around the state of Oklahoma, uh, several in Oklahoma City and Tulsa. Woodward just announced they're picking it up this week. So we're kind of all over the place. But if you uh, and you can find it pretty much wherever books are sold at this point, but if you'd like to order it online, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or unhitchthewagon.com. Great. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to visit with us, uh, especially during this time of year. is super busy, so and this year is weird and crazy anyway. And, so, <laughs> And what a great legacy to not only ha- be the voice of the Sooners, but to bring parents and, and family members together around a book and mm-hmm. um and promote the love of of reading and and telling your story how you love to write so yep. as as a teacher thank you for that as a sooner fan as a as a sooner fan boomer sooner <laughs> boomer sooner thank you so much for having me on I, i'm flattered and very grateful well we are joined today by Brittany phillips the oklahoma fccla state advisor Brittany, how are you I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to be a part of this. Yay! Well, full disclosure, Brittany uh, used to, we used to teach next door to each other. And there's something, the reason I wanted to chat, Brittany, was about family and consumer sciences. About why is, other than you periodically delivering me snacks, which was the best, why is it important (laughs) for students to have these, these family and consumer sciences skill sets? Well, I think, let's be honest here, I really think Carrie asked me on because she, she's remembering the, the cake competition we had a few years oh. ago where I made her eat about 40 pieces of cake in one day. It was it was <laughs> one of the top 10, to, top 10 days of my life. Was, Definitely one of my top three epic. days teaching. Yes, it was epic. It was. It was. But uh, thank you for having me on to talk about family consumer sciences. And it, it's so important that everyone knows what family consumer sciences or FCS is. Because we're truly out there helping our students gain real-world experiences. I'm sure everyone has seen the social media posts of things I wish I had learned in high school. And Mm. we're over here standing. You you could have learned it if you (laughs) taken family consumer sciences. We're we're teaching that. So it's nice to to get some information out to everyone out there. So when I think about, like, there's so much required of our our high school students. And there's such a a push for... um, you know, different, different issues get sort of thrust into, you know what I'm saying, Alicia? Yeah. Electives. I mean, and, and then you have to make sure you have all these credits right. and, and if you're trying to go to college, what are the best classes to take? There's right. so much pressure. Right. But family and consumer sciences are something that literally everyone needs. And I, I mean, everybody needs to know how to cook. Yeah. Everybody needs to know how to, to hem and sew a button and like, just be an adult. Yes. So it's not, but they're not always required. Like, Brittany, what is up with that? 
You know, that's a great question. And that is what we, I'm a huge advocate for saying every single student that graduates high school needs to have taken at least one family consumer sciences class. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, I, I wish we were required. I know that there are so many requirements out there. But what's nice about family consumer sciences that I think a lot of people don't realize is, you know, first of all, we were, formerly we were home economics. And that mm. was um, a very widespread class. It was, you know, really focused on being the homemaker. Mm. And in 1994, mm. we changed to family consumer sciences. And our definition is actually a field of study focused on the science and the art of living and working well in our complex world. So that's a lot of information out there. But we're so much more than just the home ec that we used to be because now we offer these career pathways for our students. So beginning in middle school and the middle level years, these students can look at what they want to do past high school, whether it be you know, post-secondary education at a four university or at a tech center, and they can start their career and their their pathways in middle school, and mm -hmm. they can leave our programs with a certification. Right. And that's, to me, what I think a lot of people don't know about family consumer sciences is that while they're choosing their electives and they're looking at these AP classes or should we do concurrent classes, mm -hmm. they could be taking these classes in their high schools or at their tech centers that can leave an 18-year-old who's just graduated with certifications. So I do think that parents need to have a better understanding of their family consumer sciences program and the different pathways that we do offer. When I think about kids who, you know, when you talk about a certification, that can be your like lifetime career, or it can be a job that you work while you're going to college and you're actually making mm -hmm. real money as opposed to minimum wage. And I mean, it's this real, real life, like immediate payoff stuff. Absolutely. You know, right now we're in such a need for childcare workers mm -hmm. and we have programs at our tech centers and at our K-12 schools that they can leave and be, you know, a certified child care provider. Mm -hmm. And if you look across the nation, that's really one of our, our biggest needs right now. We have students that can leave with their food handling certifications. Mm -hmm. We're helping students, you know, help the our, our country and our, and our globe right now during the this pandemic because you know we talked about the the childcare certifications, but we're also um, piloting a new meat certification that our FCS students, ag oh. students, and TNI students can have that will help them um, lessen the burden on all of the meat processing plants in Oklahoma because they are really backed up right now. So our students will be able to actually um, you know, grade the meat or do meat oh. inspection or actually do the butchery of the meat. So we have a lot of different certifications and um, great experiences and opportunities for our students that I'm not sure parents and students are aware of when yeah. they're looking at classes to take. Yeah. they. Um, so talk about also, we mentioned that you are the grand poobah of FCCLA in Oklahoma. <laughs> um, tell us about FCCLA, what it is and how it fits into FACTS. Absolutely. So FCCLA stands for the Family, Career, and Community Leaders of America. And many of our listeners have probably heard us when we were the future homemakers of America. Mm -hmm. And that's a very, very uh, popular name for, for FCCLA. We became FCCLA in, in 99. And what is so great about this is that we are a co-curricular student organization. And we are, in fact, the only student organization with family as our central focus. And for me, this is so important because no matter if it's a blood relation or if it's 
a group of a group of people that you have brought into your life because they care for you so much that, that they become your family. Everyone is a part of a family. And mm-hmm. the family is the building block of society. We mm-hmm. we need family. We need that support. And FCCLA helps students grow in their communities. It helps them grow in their future career opportunities. It helps them grow in their leadership. And what's fantastic about it is that everything we do through FCCLA relates back to family consumer sciences. So we have over 30 competitions, and our students can choose a competition. They carry out a large project. Some students' projects last all year long. And what that project, what they're doing is they're taking the information that they've learned in that family consumer sciences course, and they're putting it into real-life situations. So, for example, I have had students compete when I was in the classroom, and we had a group of students that competed on um, the uh, event called professional presentation. And we were talking about in, in my class at the time, talking about self-image, self-awareness, being mm-hmm. kind, mm-hmm. and ultimately, you know, being kind to yourself and, and good mental health awareness. So they did a project where they went to um, a middle school in our area, they went to a high school class, and then they actually went to um, an over over 50 gym and presented information about how to be kind to yourself and being a beautiful soul with yourself. That's amazing. And it was so neat because the the older women, the over 50 crowd, they gave such great feedback to take to our middle school students and talking about what they wish they had known when they were 12, 13 years old and the thoughts that they had about themselves and then versus now where they are in their life stage. But it was so great because these students were able to just think of this project on their own based on what we had done in class. And it was a fantastic project. So FCCLA really helps them put into application what they're learning in the classroom. And plus, it helps students build their leadership and communication skills because we have outstanding leadership conferences. And I've had students that would come into my classroom as you know a freshman and not speak a word. And then yeah. by the end of the year, be talking to people or running for an FCCLA chapter office or a class office because they had gained confidence and leadership skills through this organization. Man, that community project is making me feel some things. Like I seriously like, <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling, <laughs> feeling some what things. What a true life lesson. Seriously. I mean, it was, that- it was really cool too, because they actually partnered with Kindness Rocks in New York City. And they, at the end of the project with every age group they did, they had them write nice things about themselves in a heart. And then they actually oh. mailed them to this project in, in Manhattan and it was displayed in the Kindness Rocks national display. So it was what? really pretty neat. Oh, Very my gosh. Cool. And that is, uh, uh, that's amazing. I love it. Well, so you mentioned competitions. Talk about what you guys have going on right now, because I know so much of, I mean, the FCCLA kids are always working on stuff, going to competitions, doing the things, and that probably looks very different right now because we're not talking to big rooms of people. Right, but we're still having school. Right. Oh, 100%. So it looks different. Right. It just looks different. It carries on, and they are still doing all the things. They're just not talking to big rooms of people because there shouldn't be big rooms of people. Right. <laughs> so what's happening? Exactly. No, we are carrying on, and so and what? So I I'm new to this position. Um, I inherited this position from Denise Morris, who had been here for 21 years and did an oh, amazing wow. job, and she was my mentor. And truly, this has been my dream job. And so when I inherited this in June, I never dreamed that this would still be going on right. in oh gosh, November and December. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really thought we would, you know, have it kind of taken care of by now. But that's okay. So it's been interesting because. 
not only am I new to this position, but everything we're doing is now completely different than what we've yeah. done. Yeah. But the important thing is we're still doing it for the students because right. I do believe wholeheartedly that extracurriculars, including SCCLA, really help students through tough times. Preach. And it's definitely one of them. Yes. So we are modifying as best as we can. Our students, like I said, you know, we have over 30 competitions they can choose from. Mm -hmm. So for our district level, we do have district, region, state, and national levels. And if you place first and second, you get to advance to the next level. We have had all of the students actually record their speeches, okay. um, upload all their documentation, and then our judges will uh, watch and evaluate from home. Yeah. And then, you know, to give them more of a live aspect for our regional level, we will be using Zoom, oh, wow. which should be pretty interesting so they can at least get on at a certain time and actually Zoom with their judges and it should be good. You know, it's been a, it's been a learning curve for everyone. We've had advisors that are excited because they're learning new skills with technology. Mm -hmm. And we've actually had a lot of advisors and judges like this process because they're not having to travel so far. And we can oh, get sure. some judges that typically couldn't take off work. They can judge at, you know, 10 o'clock at night with these oh, recorded yeah. presentations and they can still be a part of it. So can, that's been nice too. Can I just say, like, I just imagined myself, like if someone said, okay, we're going to go live on Zoom. It's a competition. Like two things are going to happen. Number one, one of my children will appear in the Zoom. Number two, the dog will definitely bark at someone outside. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. There will, or the doorbell will ring yeah, or all, something like that. Yeah. So I'm sure that they're like, it'll just be, you know, a new challenge for our kiddos that you're having to deal mm -hmm. with this stuff on the fly. Like the UPS person coming, which Again. doesn't normally happen. Again, <laughs> during real, your speeches. real life. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is what is happening in real life. So right. the flexibility and the, um, you know, the, those other like thinking on your feet. feet. Yes. Yeah. Yes. How, how to deal with the adversity yeah. when something happens, how to, you know, change speed, uh, off <laughs> just on a dime, I change just, what you're doing. <laughs> I just, it's life. Yeah. And there will be at least one little sibling that will like open the door, <laughs> come in the, <laughs> come in the bedroom and be like, what are you doing? <laughs> and how will you respond Absolutely. to that? Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Well, Oh, it, it will be. I mean, and that's, just, and one thing too, that, that we've, we've stressed these students is that this is the, this is the future. The future is now. Yeah. I accepted this position and interviewed for this position all via zoom. So, you oh, know, man. in the past you would have done it in person. And right. so sure. it, that's what we're trying to show to tell them and everything. And, and I will say this, this would not be possible without the support and the perseverance of these teachers and yes. these FCCLA advisors, because yes. they are truly learning new skills minute by minute. And we yes. are changing things on them so rapidly <laughs> that they are adapting. And we still have great competition numbers, even though it is virtual, even mm -hmm. though some schools have been virtual all semester, they've never yeah. even met their competitors face to face. Yeah. So they are all doing a fantastic job. I mean, this school goes on, you know, education goes on and, and, our teachers are stepping up to the plate left and right. And what mm -hmm. an amazing program for not just girls. I mean, yeah. when when oh, I for sure. when I took home ec, there may be one or two boys mm -hmm. in right. home ec that yeah. entire semester. But the projects and the programs that you have appeal to everyone. Yep. Yep. Because we all need those life oh, absolutely. skills. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. and, and I will just say that my brother took home ec too. My older brother. And mm -hmm. we just moved him. He still has the um, 
stuffed animal that he sewed. I still have mine. <laughs> and um, and I I still get requests for the cheese ball that I learned how to make in in Home Ec in nineteen eighty seven. And and I will tell oh, you. Yeah. When I so I took I took family and consumer sciences when I was in middle school, but then when I was in high school, I decided to take welding, and because our school is like welding, carpentry, home ec, and that was it. And I loved welding; it was wonderful. I had so much fun. But how many times in life have I needed to weld versus how many times in life have I needed to cook? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean. So it's it's just one of those things where, I, in retrospect, I wish I had thought, or you know, my parents had thought, we all had thought. Okay, what are this is welding maybe isn't your career path because mm-hmm. you'd probably burn everything down. So like <laughs> we, I it's just oh there's a lot of pressure to decide. But a new skill that I know that you have and yeah. I've got a swing. Okay, I'm that, coming over. Uh, <laughs> need some help. Oh man, but I can't make a cheese ball, that's for sure. Well, <laughs> Brittany, we appreciate all that you do and thank you for um serving our kiddos and carrying on even in these super insane times. And thank you for your time very much. And what a great program. Yes. Well, thank you both so much. I appreciate it. And if any of the listeners were FHA members or they were in home economics, I highly encourage you all to reconnect with us with the Oklahoma Alumni Associates. We are here. We, we support our chapters, our members, and our advisors. So connect with us on okalumni.org. And we would love to, to have you back. It is our 75th year for Oklahoma FCCLA. In fact, February 4th is our birthday. Oh, that's awesome. So 75 years strong of Oklahoma FCCLA. And we can't even let a pandemic hold us back because we're yes. still uh, going strong and, and excited for 75 more years. Fantastic. And welcome to Alicia's Morning Announcements. Do, 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 do. We pay extra for that. <laughs> uh, anywho. Oh, my word. So, <laughs> sorry. It's back um. on topic. Um, I hope that you guys all have opened your emails from OEA this last week because we sent out uh, an opportunity in a couple of different ways. In the uh, Education Edge, which is our weekly um all the things that are going on and that you can be a part of um, across education uh, newsletter mm-hmm. and um, through a special email um, to our members. Although we have to have your home email address, your personal email address to send these things out. So if you didn't get it, it's quite possible that you've either um, not given us your personal email address or that you accidentally hit unsubscribe with your thumb uh, or some combination of the two. But we had a fantastic membership uh, survey that is gathering information since we've been through almost a semester in this pandemic. Um, and we want to know your thoughts on different things. Yeah. We're gathering the data to help drive legislative stuff, to help drive uh, association goals, and yeah. to just promote the needs and wants of our members uh, right now. It's super interesting. It, it really is. It closes on the 13th of December at 11.59 p.m. Uh-huh. So uh, don't wait until then to take it, but you have until then to take it. So, Carrie, what, you know, uh, are you peeking? I'm peeking. Oh, you know I am. <laughs> I can't help myself. It's, re- it's really interesting so far. I love reading what people are saying. And um, th- it's interesting to see how, you know, our membership is so split it's all across the board we're all you know we are so diverse yeah urban rural suburban 
at pre-K to high school to higher ed. And it's just interesting to see everybody's different opinions. Um, everything is very, yeah, it's just very diverse opinions, except for in, in school quarantine. And we're not, uh, nobody's interested in that. <laughs> Hard pass. No, thank you. So, I mean, I can't imagine that that takes a turn in the, in the last week of the survey. But Asked and answered. So far, everyone says, Hard pass. All right. So um, so we'll continue uh, with our same dialogue then yeah, on the in-school uh, in quarantine. Yeah, it's really good. It's, it's really helpful. So good. Please weigh in. Yes. Um, so make sure you take that. And we have another survey coming out that uh, comes out every, uh, every year about this time. And that is our OEA budget survey. Mm -hmm. And our vice president, Catherine Bishop, is the chair of the budget committee. And they put together and send out this budget survey every year to get member input on uh, where the, you know, budget is a, what, a moral document. It tells you what yes. your, yes. Um, what your, uh, what you think is important. And yes. so we want to hear from our members what's important. And she's uh, doing it a little bit different this year than mm -hmm. years past to help you understand how we budget and what our different programs are mm -hmm. and, and, and what they do. So um, there'll be videos, I believe, embedded. Yeah. And, um, and so you can learn more about, about your association, right. if you don't know right. already, what your what your do like how your dues dollars work. Yeah, mm -hmm. so um, that will come out next week yep. and be open until the eighteenth. Yep. Yeah, December eighteenth, and then we've got another fantastic thing coming up next week. Uh, we are going to start with wind down Wednesdays, not wine, but wine, which is what I thought it was at first. <laughs> And I was like, guys, I don't know about this. <laughs> there are, I'm not opposed to it. I'm just saying. <laughs> no judgment. Wind with a Wind D. down Wednesday. Um, the next two Wednesdays, register. You'll find that online. Um, on Facebook. On Facebook. Uh, Carrie always makes those uh, the Facebook um, activities. Mm -hmm. And then you just click on that and register. And it's going to be all about self-care and help us learn how to do that. I don't. I like, don't know. I'm not leading it. How do you wind down? I don't know. <laughs> Everybody says I'm a little high strung. <laughs> so maybe today is not the day. Um, <laughs> maybe. No, but um, it's. It, I think that they're going to be really good because it. I always say that your students, you can't help your students if you leave the profession. Right. You And this has got to be sustainable. And right now it's just, it is an emotionally and physically exhausting job. For everybody in education right now, we've got to take care of ourselves for the long haul. So I'm so excited that teaching and learning, our teaching and learning center yes. at OEA is doing this because I, I just hope people take advantage of it because we've got we've we've just got to make it through. We've got to we got to make it through together. We do, and we're not good for our families or anyone right. else if we are emotionally drained on the inside and just a shell of a woman. Yes. Or not that I, I was talking about a friend. <laughs> or so wound tight we might explode right. in, into confetti. I don't know what's going to happen. But take advantage of that. Absolutely. What time is that on Wednesdays? That's, I forget. Okay. It's well, look five. on our Facebook yeah, page. It's on the Facebook page. Five o'clock. Five o'clock-ish, we believe. Yes. Well, uh, we want to say thank you so much to Toby Rowland, the voice of the Sooners, and Brittany Phillips of FCCLA for joining us today. And thank you for listening to Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Coppernall Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Alicia Priest, president of the OEA. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Fried Okra on Apple Podcasts. You can also contact us at friedokrapodcast at gmail.com. 
We hope you'll join us again next week. And until then, keep fighting the good fight for public education.